What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to another edition of All the Smoke. What's up, Smokey? You good? Yes, sir. I'm good. We got a special guest today. Uh, man, someone who is, I got a chance to work with back in the day. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. <laughs> He's made his transition from Austin to L.A. He's out here under the big lights now. One of the smartest brothers we know. Go, go ahead and finish it for me. Yeah, one of the smartest brothers we know. I, I work with him. That's my boy. We're starting to grow a relationship. I'm glad he's on the show. Emmanuel. Is here. <laughs> Bro, why are you pronouncing it like that? Right? Honestly, high key, that's how I pronounce my name when I meet people. Yeah. I say Emmanuel. They think I'm like French. <laughs> Jack is studying film, though. Jack, Jack wants to be an actor, so you never know what you're going to get from him. I'm feeling you, Jack. Today. But thank you for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Welcome to California. You said you've been over here a little bit, uh, a little year, longer than a year. I'm yeah. in the middle of the pandemic, man. I see you got your red Dorothy's on today. Ain't you no know, place like home. Something like it. Yeah, it's just clean slight, too. Yeah. Some slight. Well, I said I'm always in a suit, bro. I got to get yeah, comfortable. Yeah, it's good. Get the knees out. Yeah, have a good time. So what if I, I told you... Hold up. Listen, bro. What's up, bro? You got to watch him. I tell you, all the guests, you have to watch him, bro. <laughs> He get his jokes there real smooth. On the slide. Yeah, yeah, you got to watch it. you think they a compliment, too. <laughs> you looking good, brother. Got the Dorothy's on. <laughs> you better watch Ashy it. knees, but you good, though, right? I'm just, glad, clean, I'm, just, I'm just glad I'm not on the nah, end of the butt of the joke. That's the second one. It's always me. That's the second one. You know what I say? About three strikes. Oh, look out. <laughs> but let's get to it. Drafted in 2012. You've been retired for three years now. Transitioned into sports media. Been through the four years of Trump. All the Black Lives Matter, George Floyd movement last year, nominated for an Emmy. Congratulations, congrats, by the way. Congrats, Uncomfortable bro. conversation with the black man. If I'd have told you all that happened in the last 10 years, what would you say? Honestly, I'd probably say nothing. <laughs> if you said real talk, if you said that, I'd probably be speechless. Um, the 
I mean, on the heights of the Emmy, just found that out. That's like Congrats, by the way. That's Thank incredible. you, man. Congrats, Thank you. Bro. Like, by the grace of God, I've been able to do a lot of cool things lately. Wrote a book, all that jazz, partnered with Oprah. But like a primetime Emmy, I was like, yo. That's serious. That's wild. Because realistically, I was drafted into the NFL, but I wasn't all that good at football. Like, I was good enough to make it. You know what I'm saying? But like, I wasn't trying to, I wasn't going to make no noise there. So if, if you would have told me that 10 years ago, I would have called you a liar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I would have been speechless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Why you don't think you're making the noise? Why you had the attitude of not making noise in football? Why you say uh, that? It wasn't that, man. I'm calculated, bruh. So, like, I realized after four years in the NFL, you're vested. Vested pension and annuity. So after four years, I looked myself in the mirror. I was like, I'm not going to be an all-pro. I'm not going to be a pro bowler. So what am I playing for? You feel me? I was like, am I playing for money? I can go make more money doing something else. Bro, I remember at the rookie symposium, it used to be mandatory if you got drafted, they told us, the average NFL player, he starts here salary-wise. The average doctor starts here salary-wise. And at about 35, they cross paths. Right. And I remember that stuck to me, stuck to me. So I was like, I'm not going to be that. I was like, let me see if I can do this. Mm. And so when I stepped away from the league at 26, I was like, nah, you're not going to get me. I'm not going to be on the episode of Broke and all that. Right. So um, that's really what it was. I could have hung on, could have kept playing, but for what? And now it's all worked out. I mean, we briefly touched on, but really... Talk to me about this Emmy nomination and, and how your show, Uncomfortable Conversation with a Black Man, came about. I don't tell the story often, man. That's what um, you hear. All the smoke we get first all the time. Real Let's talk. Hear it. And I don't because it'll take me to a place, right? People ask me, hey, Acho, what was your inspiration behind Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man? And I'm like, there was no inspiration. There was a devastation. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like, it wasn't like I was inspired to create uncomfortable conversations. Oh, yes, today I'm going to go talk about race. That's what we're going to do. No, it was like, man, after I saw this black man, George Floyd, get murdered, I was like, okay, I got to do something. Y'all know this because y'all have teams like I have a team. Publicists, assistants, agents, all of that. And, and you know you delegate. At first, you delegate responsibilities. All right, agent, I need you to do this. Publicist, do this. Assistant, do that. But when cats stop getting stuff done, you know what you say? I'm, I'm going to do it, it myself. And so I had kind of been sitting back in society like, okay, civil rights leaders, make sure y'all got it under control. Police officers, yeah, y'all got it under control. Um, you know, activists, y'all got it under control. But after I saw the murder of George Floyd, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do it myself. And so true story, I rent out a facility in Austin, Texas. True story. I called a wedding videographer because I didn't have anybody in the video industry, a wedding videographer. I hit my best friend, a track and field athlete, and I rented out the studio space and I sat down in front of a camera. Now, here's a kicker. It's uncomfortable conversations with a black man, not uncomfortable monologue with a black man. So why was I by myself the first episode? Mm. I wasn't supposed to be. Mm -hmm. My white homegirl was supposed to do it with me. She drove from Dallas, Texas to Austin, Texas. We were sitting together, rehearsed all day uh, Saturday. I did it on a Sunday. Sunday morning, I come downstairs. I had her stand in my guest room. I come downstairs, tears in her eyes. I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, they don't want to see me. They want to see you. I'm like, huh, that's not how we practice. What do you mean? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm like, well, I don't have the luxury not to do it. So I said, you know what? I'll do it myself. I get to the studio at 10.54. Call time is at 11. I open the door with my right hand. With my left hand, my phone vibrates. I check it. It's an old colleague of mine, a black woman. Hey, Acho, I really don't like this idea you're doing in comfortable conversations with a black man. White people didn't educate black people how to assimilate into their culture. Why do we need to educate them mm. as how to assimilate into ours? Fair point. You got me there. Fair point. I simply responded, I'm going to go as God leads. Mm. And um, I sit in that room 
record the video. Five days later, I'm sitting at my desk in Austin, Texas. I get a call at a no-caller ID number Saturday morning. I'm sitting there eating some Honey Nut Cheerios. True story. Call no-caller <laughs> ID number. Stack. I picked the joint up. Acho, McConaughey speaking. I want to have a conversation. I'm like, shit. McConaughey? Like Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey. Um, the Longhorn he, legend. He's like, I want to have a conversation. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll do it in like four days. We can do episode two. He said, tomorrow. I said, okay. McConaughey wants to do it tomorrow. <laughs> we do it tomorrow. Record episode two the next day. Five days later, again, another no call ID number. Hey, Emmanuel, um, this is so-and-so from Oprah Winfrey's team. Do you have time to talk to her today? I'm like, do I have time? Does Ooh. Oprah have time? I hop on FaceTime with Oprah. She's sitting in her kitchen, just chill. Not like, you know, I'm staying in a studio giving out cars. Um, so she's sitting in her room, chilling, and she asked me one question. What is your intention? Ooh. I said, my intention is to change the world, and I truly believe I can. And um, the rest is history, to save y'all any elongated story. But next thing you know, two New York Times bestselling books, and then the Emmy. Damn. Motivation, bro. It's a hell of a start to the show. I don't even know where to go from here. Motivation, bro. For real. Now more than ever, the athlete voice not only travels, resonates day to day, but travels around the world. What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on kind of the athlete kind of finding a platform and their voice in this space and society, which is so needed today? Catch 22, fellas. It's a catch 22 because a lot of professional athletes are professional athletes, but they are not professional speakers. Mm -hmm. Facts. A lot of professional athletes are professional athletes, but they are not professional psychologists. A lot of professional athletes are professional athletes, but they are not professional teachers. Mm -hmm. But you have professional athletes trying to speak, teach, and analyze the mind. It's a catch-22. Because uh, my co-host says this a lot. People want to disrupt with no destination. Shout out to Sale. My dog, Marcellus Wiley. Um, He's like, people want to disrupt without a destination. I'm like, you know what? There's some truth to that. Like cats want to sit here and and disrupt the marketplace, but they don't necessarily know where they want to go. And it's unfortunate because I know their heart's in the right place, but it's kind of like action without intention is ill. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. Cap, if Colin Kaepernick would have known how big everything was going to be, he probably would have changed his steps a little, a little bit differently. Yep. Now, I fully understand what he was trying to do, but if Cap really would have known how big a deal everything was going to be, he wouldn't have worn pig socks. He wouldn't have worn a Castro shirt. Like, he wouldn't have done all that stuff had he known. You track with me? Like, Naomi Osaka, she probably would have navigated things a little bit differently had she known. Me too. Real talk, like, everybody would have. But the problem is we don't go to the end before we start at the beginning. Right. You tracking with me? And so I think it's a catch-22. I love that athletes have a platform. I love that they have a voice because athletes are so much more than an athlete. That's what they do. It's not who they are. But you just got to be cautious because we live in a culture that can cancel quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think we're held to a different standard being athletes. Some people appreciate and respect that. Some people are like, oh, you think you can do anything because you were an athlete. Facts. And then, bruh, because you're an athlete, some people also think you're not capable of doing other things. Like, well, they're a professional athlete, so they don't need... Yeah, but athletes, some of them got degrees, and Mm -hmm. some of them have studied and taken private classes and taken business courses and X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm an athlete, but... I was way, bro, I I got a whole master's degree only for the purpose of not being a dumb jock. I don't necessarily use it. I brag about having it, Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily use it. But I got it just to dismantle this dumb jock ideology Mm -hmm. because I don't want nobody to tell me, well, he's just an athlete. He's not allowed to speak on this. I'm like, no, 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 don't get it twisted now. We got the same degrees. Come on now. I don't think think nobody can be counseled, but to go back on your point, like when I, the whole George Floyd situation, when I decided to jump out there for him, I was just leading with my heart mm-hmm, because I had no idea what I was doing. I swear, I swear I didn't. But the passion in me knowing that 
No other person that was murdered by the police had a professional athlete of my stature to speak up for him. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. to what you're saying is correct. We Sometimes we don't know. And I, it's just our heart leading us in, in the direction that we don't know where we're going. Mm -hmm. and, and it's so good because if we lived in a society that would appreciate that, then I could co-sign that 100%. Right. But the problem is, bruh, it's kind of like, I used to play Minesweeper growing up, right? Because I didn't know how to play solitaire. It was too complicated. I tried to sound smart, but I'm really not all that smart. So your boy didn't know how to play solitaire. And so I would play Minesweeper. Hey, you're fooling the fuck out of me right now, but I, go ahead. Here's the thing. <laughs> I, I fool a lot of people. Um, nah, so so I, I tried to play uh, uh, Minesweeper. Stack problem with Minesweeper, I didn't know the rules. So I would just click around until something blew up, right? right? Like most cats. Right. That's what a lot of athletes do. Mm -hmm. They don't really know the rules of engagement. And so they play the game, but they just end up vocally clicking clicking around until they step on a landmine and then something blows up. Yeah. You feel me? Because so many of us lead and move with our heart. Everybody's heart's in the right place. Kaepernick, heart was in the right place. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Naomi, heart was in the right place. Everything you was doing with George Floyd, heart was in the right place. Everything just about most athletes do, their heart is in the right place. But if you don't know the rules of engagement, mm -hmm. it'll blow up on you quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Race and sports. So often, sports is kind of left as our holy joyful time, bring everyone together. Slowly but surely, politics have slipped into sports. Race is definitely into sports now. It's everything. So talk to me about race and sports. It's not that people do not want politics and sports. People don't want their politics and sports. Mm. I don't know Feel if they caught me? that. Make sure you heard that correctly. I, honestly, I say a lot of things twice because my dad was a pastor. <laughs> and so I just brought too many services, three services every Sunday. I've been there. Uh, bro, real talk. And so... It's not that people don't want politics in sports. They don't want politics that aren't theirs in sports. Mm -hmm. um, I'll start with race in sports. Race has always been in sports. Politics has always been always. in sports. Go back to Jesse Owens at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. um, had to get on a boat to Germany to go defeat them Nazis and get on a boat back just to come back and be a second or third class citizen. Like, right. let's not get it twisted. Right. Even you have the likes of, you know, I think it was Brett Favre who said, you know, why do we have to have politics and sports? Remember, it was the late 1970s, if I'm not mistaken, that that's when, if you win the Super Bowl, you go to the White House. Right. That's when it started. Right. So the ultimate award for winning the ultimate achievement of the biggest sport in America is to go get political. Yep. I didn't so, know. <laughs> so how can we say that politics shouldn't be in sports? As for race and sports, that's deep, and I don't know if I want to go there because the fact of the matter is, and I've said this before, I think privately, I don't know if I've said it publicly, but a lot of black people were still athletes and entertainers. And in society, don't want to go, okay, we're going to yeah, go you're going there. We're going there. We're going there. It's all the smoke, um, baby. In society, man, a lot of the juice was gotten out of the squeeze from black people historically in this country, mm -hmm. right? If you talk about slavery and everything that happened historically. But there's still a whole bunch of use from an athletic and entertainment perspective because there are things that Stack and Matt Barnes can do that nobody else can just by the nature of height, size, and athleticism. So we still need y'all to go entertain right. because entertainment is something that can never be replaced. You feel me? And so race and sports is a whole complex conversation, but really the politics of the matter, people be lying. Like politics have always been in sports. Right. 2009, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Fields littered with pink. Pink gloves, pink wristbands, pink towels. Nobody had an issue with it because everybody can relate to cancer. Right. But then 2020, court is covered in Black Lives Matter attire. Big problem. Black, huge problem. Why? Because everybody can't relate to police brutality. So it's not that politics haven't been in sports. It's not that causes haven't been in sports. It's just 
if I don't care about this cause, I don't really want to see it. Because it was the same thing with breast cancer awareness. Right. Same exact thing. Everybody was in pink, waving the pink towels. But then when Black Lives Matter hit in 2020, it's like, ah, you know what? I'm good on all that. This we ain't good. beneficial for us. Yeah, we, we good there. So that, that's it. People just don't have the time to engage in this kind of conversation. Dig that. Shakira Richardson uh, banned for smoking uh, marijuana on the days after her mom had passed. And like I said, knowing you, respecting you, working with you at ESPN before you transfer over to Fox One, I saw what you said. You, you made a comment on something. I don't remember what it was. And I said, I said, come on, bro, you're better than that. Yep. And you had made a comment. And I, I think you were taking a lot of heat. And then Gina, uh, Jack's um, do it all. She sent yeah, me something exactly where you, you know, that forced you to kind of go back and do some homework in your research mm -hmm. on the situation. Talk to us about, first of all, the comment you made and then going back and, and doing your homework and kind of your outlook on it now. Man, let's go there, fellas. Literally came here for this welcome topic. To, welcome to all the smoke. Man, it's just a pleasure to be here. <laughs> um, all right. First and foremost, let me preface with this. I was at Olympic trials. Let me preface with this. Track is actually my first love. Okay. Right? Like, I, football okay, is cool. Don't, okay, Marcellus, don't do that. No, 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 no. Don't, don't get it twisted. Don't, don't do like I'm not did. a national junior record okay. holder okay, at 12 right. years old, like Marcellus <laughs> Wiley, my co-host. But um, I love track because track is quantifiable. It's like why I love math. Two plus two will always be four. I don't care if stack feels like it's five. Right. Or if Matt feels like it's six. Two plus two is four. Point blank. Point blank. We watched the NBA Finals. Uh, how much was Giannis helping? How much was Middleton helping? How much was Chris Paul helping? Track is simple. I ran faster than you. Point blank. Point blank. <laughs> we ain't got to debate nothing. Right. So let me preface with this my first love. Let me preface with I was at the Olympic trials. Let me preface with I keep up with not only what goes on in American track circuit, but the entire track circuit, Jamaicans, Nigerians, everything. Because I love track. First off, also, preface with condolences to Shakari. Right. right. Let's not overstep. Let's not first overlook. This is a woman who lost her biological mother. Now, to my knowledge, she has no relationship, had no relationship with her. I mm -hmm. uh, was raised by her grandmother as Shakari said, but this is a woman who lost her biological mother. Let's not slip over that for the sake of debate, number one. Number two, I'm from Dallas, Texas. I know she went to Carter High School. Mm -hmm. I know that area. I went to church in the hood. The hood. I, the hood. I went to private school, okay? But I went to church in the hood. Mm -hmm. So I'll preface with that as well. So my, my comment after she got, she tested positive for marijuana, and so many people was jumping out saying they should legalize, it should be legalized, it should be legalized, it should be legalized. I'm like, okay, here's the kicker. If it's only, uh, it's too much to get into, but nonetheless, it's only illegal in competition. You can smoke all the weed you want as a professional track athlete. You just can't do it in competition. So I came out and got heat because I was like, okay, if you legalize weed in competition, it's cool for the 100 meter sprinter. But what about the javelin thrower, the discus thrower, et cetera? That's what I took all the heat for. Because mm -hmm. people were like, Acho, one, people aren't going to compete high. And two, if you compete high, uh, nothing bad would happen. Full transparently, never smoked, never drank a day in my life, right? That's why I'm engaging in this dialogue and mm -hmm. been thrilled right. about it. Because I'm like, we live different lives, mm -hmm. but we respect each other right. fully, mm -hmm. completely. I respect right. y'all boys mm -hmm. to the utmost. So I got heat for that, Matt. Heat for that, Stack. Acho, you're an idiot. You could, you're a square. You ain't never smoked. You clearly don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. Now I'm a square again. Now I'm Carlton. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but peep. So after that, I came. I, I did some research because mm -hmm. I was like, what? my coach used to tell me this, Stack. My coach used to say, listen to the message, not the tone. Mm -hmm. Right. 
F you, you effing idiot. You're such a fucking avid idiot. Get in the B gap. Okay, he meant get in the B gap. Now there's a bunch of, you know, around words it. around all mm-hmm. that, but he meant getting the B gap. So I was like, what are all these people on IG talking about? Matt Dunn called me out. Matt, my dog. I know he wouldn't call me out for no reason. Jaleel White, Steve Urkel done called me out on the same post that Matt Dunn called me. I'm like, dang, Urkel calling me out? God, <laughs> like, what's my life coming to when Urkel clowning me? I'm right. getting clowned by hey, you Urkel. You know he's smart. Real talk. <laughs> So I'm like, let me find the morsel of truth. I get, I engage with my followers like y'all do. I just don't really try to throw salt at them. I see some doctor hits me up in the DMs, and all she says is, in, in, in a comment, and all she says is, Dr. Benicia Williams, shout out to her. All she says is, look up Henry Anslinger. But she was calm in her reply. Is people like dog cussing me, stacks. So I'm like, she's in, nice. Let me engage with her. Who's that? I look up this dude, Anslinger, and I'm gonna give y'all a quick history lesson. I think the other. Quick, I'm gonna give everybody a quick history lesson, because even P. Diddy was commenting, like, there's so much racism laced around weed. Here's my thing, people understand your history because it'll benefit your argument. Right. When you get mad, don't raise your voice. Raise the level of your intellect. Mm, right. Dang. You feel me? Right. Don't raise your voice. Just raise your intellectual level. Bet. Uh, Anslinger, 1930, he founded the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. He was a white man. He founded the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. And Han- a- Anslinger, he, he said that a uh, reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men, close quote. Anslinger said there are roughly 100,000 marijuana smokers in America, Hispanics, blacks, entertainers, and jazz artists. Marijuana causes white women to seek sexual, sexual relations with black men, close quote. Known racist. This is where it gets crazy, Stat. Anslinger created something called the Gore Files, created the Gore Files. He took 200 police reports and the most insane police reports. A guy killed his entire family with an ax. And at the end of the police report, he would add, due to marijuana usage. So he took it from a state level to a national level by adding marijuana as the cause to 200 of the most heinous crimes in America. 1937, the Marijuana Tax Act gets passed because he reports one of his gore files in front of Congress. So now everybody's freaking out because people are dying, and it's clearly because of marijuana. At least the head of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics said so in 1937. But here's the thing. I ain't never smoked weed, and I know that. So everybody who has, y'all need to know that too. Mm -hmm. Because that is why... Marijuana shouldn't be outlawed in America, period. Now, as it pertains full circle back to Shakari, a rule exists. A rule exists, whether it's fair or not, you broke the rule. Right. You should be punished accordingly. I grew up in Texas. I drive through the back roads in Texas. If there is a red light and I see the red light camera and I choose to run the red light and I see it flash, I got to pay the ticket. You're going to get that ticket in the mail. I seen the red light and I ran the joint. Now, I can debate why was the red light there. We can debate that till we went all day. But the fact of the matter is, the red light was there. Last thing I'm going to say on this matter is this. And again, I was there. The fastest man in, in the world, not in America, Noah Lyles threw 200 meters. The fastest man in the world, world, reigning world champion. He said that USA Olympic trials make the world championships feel like nothing. Mm. Just saying Olympic trials are more difficult than world champions. I was in a warm-up area with Noah before he had to rant, run. Nervous as all could be. I had, he was watching my phone. He was had my phone in his hand, dropped, nervous as all could be. The fastest woman ever through 200 meters, second to Flojo, Gabby Thomas. She trains in Austin. I know her well. Graduated from Harvard. Fastest woman ever. She had to take off her whoop watch the week before the 200 meters because she didn't want to see how bad her CNS was because she was so anxious. So everybody was anxious there. 
With that being said, everybody had to deal with their anxiety differently. Mm -hmm. So there was a rule in place. No weed doesn't make you faster. It don't make you stronger. It doesn't make you have more quick twitch muscles. No. But the fact of the matter is, it was a rule. Right. She broke the rule. And the last thing is, remember, this isn't the NBA. This isn't the NFL. This is not the MLB. This is global stages. In China, if you smoke, in Japan, if you smoke weed, punishable by five to 10 years in prison. So the tests in Japan have to match the tests in America because they compete against each other. Unlike America, we can just do rules for America, but the rules got to compete against each other. So you can't make something legal for one country that's illegal in another country because the country's got to compete. Right. And so this is a nuanced conversation that has to be had with nuanced right. individuals. Right. You can't just fire off 180 characters to make sense of it all. Mm -hmm. But that's my stance. Racism is why marijuana was ever made illegal in the first place. Marijuana should not be illegal. Shakari did break a rule. Shakari should be punished accordingly for the rule she broke. All of those things can be true. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, 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 and my standpoint and stance on it was is, obviously I think it's no secret that there's a lot of outdated rules, not only in sports, but society, by people that all look alike, dress alike, and think alike. You know what I mean? There's no outside the box thinking. So I'm hoping that unfortunately, Kaepernick was a sacrificial lamb for police brutality. And we're heading in the right direction for that. We, you know, hopefully we kind of feel like we're taking steps in the right direction. Shakari's probably gonna be the sacrificial lamb for this. Luckily, she's young enough to still be able to compete, but I think it's gonna garner enough attention to possibly change outdated rules and policy. And to me, it's not only in sports. You know, I think it's in the workplace and all around. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because I, like I said, there's an old stigma on cannabis that's ridiculous because all the, all the, everything you need to know, all the studies are at the palm of your hand now. Mm -hmm. You can't just go by out, outdated thesis and principles that applied back in the 30s mm -hmm. all the way to Nancy Reagan in the 80s mm -hmm. to 2021 where we're at now. But fellas, full transparency, that's why I was looking forward to rapping with y'all. I'm the dude that believed the stigma. Mm. If that, if you told, if you tell me something is illegal since birth, it has to be bad. It's illegal. Right. Common sense says something that's illegal is bad. And so I'm told my whole life, marijuana is legal, marijuana is legal, marijuana. So surely it's bad. Right. Until I go talk to a doctor who literally sent me one of her lectures. I meet her on, on Instagram. She's like, hey, read one of these lectures. And I'm like, oh, snap. You know, the difference between THC, CBD, all that. So Matt, to your point, education, we just all could benefit from it across the board. Agreed. Agreed. A lot of stuff is just a conversation, too. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But a, a, a respectful. Yeah. yeah. Kind of respectful. Well, that's, I mean, Jack always says you, we can disagree, but still respect each other. Facts. And that's, yeah, and, that's and, important. And you can't have a conversation with people that's with minimal understanding. You got to be able to, to come into the conversation willing to accept other perspectives. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not just coming in to, just to talk, just so people can hear you, so you can respond. Yep. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's what happens a lot these days. People just want to respond, they don't listen to you. Big facts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative. The 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Upbringing in Dallas, Texas. Talk to us about that. Man. Texas boy. Look, bruh, it's a couple things. Number one, you ought to understand. See, Stack, I grew up in Texas, but my parents grew up in Nigeria. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Nigerian, uh-huh. <laughs> through and through. Through Nigeria, man. Um, so, nah, I grew up in Dallas, but I grew up Nigerian culture. Yeah. Because my parents came straight from Nigeria to America in the 1980s, bro. So, like, I'm eating Nigerian food, listening to Nigerian music. Uh, my dad was a missionary, came over here as that. And so, your boy was just trying to figure life out. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, in the pa- in, in my house, my parents would call me Chinedu, my Nigerian name. But then I go to school in, in, in the hood when I was in my, in my public school at first, and then I'm a man, or I'm macho. Mm. Then I go to private school with majority white people, now I'm Manny. So I'm over here like, yo, what? Who the fuck am I? Bruh. <laughs> like, B.E. Like, real talk. Like, <laughs> like B.E. Bruh, I'm out here like, what's really good? Grew up, youngest of four, and my upbringing, it really just, bro, the most strictest of upbringings ever. Panned out for your boy. You know, I yeah. didn't really have a ton of crazy life experiences. It was just straight and narrow. People say, like, okay, what time is your curfew? I said, curfew, huh? 
no curfew in this house. Not in mm. this at your household. Um, there ain't no curfew, <laughs> bro. You, where you, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You ain't going to have no curfew. <laughs> you ain't leaving the house to have what you need curfew for if you're here, if you're home studying. Because, like, in, in, in Nigerian households, you must be a doctor, you must be a lawyer, you must be an engineer, like yeah. doctor, lawyer, engineer, that's it. Mm. So all of a sudden, we're playing ball, and my parents are like, What's, what's this football thing? Like, what's, what's this? We ended up being good, my brother and I. and um, the Your brother's still just, in the league. Brother just finished year nine. He just signed a contract with the four letters. We don't say them over at Fox. We just say the four letters. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But y'all know who they are. Um, no, nah, my brother right. just signed a contract with ESPN. Right. So he's, he's doing his thing, making his transition. Mm, mm, mm. So, so now, even though you're the you're the little brother, you got the, the step up in this next space. Does he lean on you for anything? Bruh, I, I played football before him too, and he ends up being better than that. Plays nine <laughs> years. I'm in TV before him. If he ends up better than me at that, I'll be sick. Now, here's the thing. I'm out here running fast. Here's the thing, y'all. TV's my thing. Like, you know, when you know you good at something, so like, y'all played it. 14 years, y'all both won chips. Like, y'all knew y'all step on the court, can't nobody see you. Bro, we was talking to Stack on the show the other day. And we was talking about the late, great Kobe Bryant. And Stag was like, hey, McDonald's All-American game, no. I, I was had MVP. Him. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. when we talk, like, y'all know that's y'all's thing. Hoops was y'all's thing. Now transitioning to this space, it's y'all's thing. Bro, when I get in front of a camera, I was my Yeah, thing. that's your thing. Yeah. Dang, you know <laughs> no, I, seen it. Like, I got a chance to work. I remember we were both in New York for Get Up. And that was the first time I really met you. I knew of you, but I met you. And I just saw your preparation, how you're on the iPad. How, like, I was just like, oh, this motherfucker's nice over here with it. And the next thing I know, he's getting hired over at Fox Sports. I'm like, that's what's up. I mean, he was, if anybody was ready, he was ready for it. That's it. It's all about knowing what you, I feel like life, life is all about knowing what you're good at and knowing what you're bad at mm -hmm. and lean into what you're good. I suck at golf. Well, never, I've never played golf a day in my life. Well, I tried it. Uh, those little like fun golfing places. Top golf. Never yeah. really played golf. I suck at it. But I'm really good at TV, man. Right. And I was just like, I lean into it. No, you good at. What was your introduction to sports? Obviously, coming from a Nigerian background, that like you said, you gave your your three goals were laid out before yeah. you, you could walk. So, what what was your introduction to sports? Walter Payton was Ooh. probably my introduction to Rest sports. Now peace. he played before I was even born, but I just remember watching football highlights. I, so I taught myself how to play football. Um, I watched YouTube videos. I watched YouTube videos of Derek Johnson, a uh, great mm -hmm. Texas linebacker, played for the Chiefs. Watch YouTube videos of Ray Lewis. Just taught myself. I taught myself a lot of things. Taught myself how to play the piano. Like, I just, I'll just watch and just, okay, he stepped here, he stepped here, he tackled like this. Okay, go out there and do it. I'm just a master duplicator. I'm not really good at a lot. I can just imitate a mm -hmm. lot. So, like, I'll listen to John Legend. Can you regurgitate that sound? Okay, get close enough. Great. Um, <laughs> hey, that's dope, though. And so, like, my introduction was in it. Eight years old in the fourth grade, I was watching highlights. I was like, yo, I want to try to play this. Played football, played basketball through discus and track. I was best at football. And I just did the numbers. I don't know how y'all made it to the league, bro. That's hard, man. The <laughs> basketball numbers, I don't know. 15 men on a roster. I'm like, it's, it's crazy. Football, at least you do the math. You got about 1,000 cats in the league. Cool. Basketball, like 15. Like 365. Times. Bro, that's it. So I just started doing the math. Plus, I was like, I'm 6'2", yeah, jump shot. Yeah, it's kind of like Giannis is, except he's 6'11". Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're both Nigerian, but my limitations, you know, like, I didn't get that. He got that Nigerian plus that food in Greece. I just got the, not the rice and stew. I yeah. guess the goat meat just didn't yeah. do it where I had it, bro. real talk. How did your parents support once they kind of figured out you and your brother can actually play sports? Mm. With trepidation, hesitancy, like real talk. So hold on, hold Give me the definition of that. <laughs> Which one? Trepidation? Yes, I've never heard that before <laughs> in my life. Come on with it. 
<laughs> uh, every now and then I use an SAT word, bruh. Yeah, and uh, I didn't pass that. I took it like 20 times. The <laughs> only thing I got was my name right. Trepidation, bruh, just with like, Stupid. with scared... With like, with uh, timidly. Okay, timidly. You hesitation. Right. Yeah, right. hesitation. Right. Because we weren't supposed to play sports. My dad is 5'9". My mom is 5'7". I'm 6'2". My brother's 6'3". So all of a sudden they were just like, okay, you're good at something. And Nigerians are prideful, prideful, prideful people. And so we're like, oh, y'all getting a lot of attention. Mm. Now, we, we true story, my brother got his first scholarship offer at USC because he, we sneak into an invite-only USC football camp from Texas. Didn't realize it was invite-only. We show up, my brother 6'3", he runs a 4640 in front of Pete Carroll, scholarship offer on spot. When USC offers and you from Texas, Texas is like, wait, we can't let this guy go out of state. Mm -hmm. They offer my brother. And then they offered me after that. But, like, I went to, bro, an all-boys school. We wore uniform, gray slacks, white button-downs, yeah. probably number one private school in Texas. So, like, super nerds. A kid at my school won the National Spelling Bee. Mm. Like, a kid above, the grade above me won the National Spelling Bee. Stack, a kid in my grade, perfect on the SAT and ACT. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. One of 180 kids nationally. So, bro, I felt like an idiot. Bro. Like, I was dumb, dumb in high school. I was a dumb jock. Then I got to college, and I was a genius. And so it was just a man. I just, I fit who people tell me I am. That's mm. what I was back then. You know what I'm saying? So it was mad. It was trying to navigate Searching that. Searching for like, who you were, identity. Facts. Right. What was your high school experience like in Texas? Obviously, that's known for some of the best high school football around. Yeah. What was that experience like, those Friday night games? <laughs> Nothing like it in Texas, man. It's different. It's yeah. different. It's like, life. It's life. Like, even at private school, it's different. Um, it's everything. You Whole know what I'm saying? coming out on Friday. Every, it's, it's everything. Like, it, it really is an obsession. Mm -hmm. And even, like, hoops, too, to a yeah. degree. Like, mm -hmm. I remember we played a game at Maverick Stadium, and Duncanville was Duncanville's a huge basketball school, yep. was playing um, some other school, and Brandon Jennings went on a squad. I think Brandon Jennings, number 10 overall pick to the Bucks mm -hmm. back in the gap. Um, he went to China for a mm -hmm. year and then played in the NBA. Went to Oak Hill Zoo. Bet. They was playing in Dallas, and it, we filled up, they filled up the American Airlines Center as a high school squad. Damn. And so, like, it's just, it's different, man. Sports like, town. It's sports town. You live and breathe for, breathe for state championships, man, at it, it, it 15. You know what I'm saying? It's wild. What was it like to be a three-sport varsity athlete? You talking to me or him? Definitely him. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was, too. Were you? What yeah. three? Football, uh, basketball. Football, baseball, basketball. And uh, I ran why track, you play too. Baseball, Hold up. Bro. This is my first time hearing the baseball shit. I know. Why don't you play you baseball? Gotta, you better bro. ask a couple people in here that, that know. I knew, I knew you was, you know. Center field. Football and basketball. Yeah, really? Yeah. Okay. Wait, what happened to baseball? I uh, just traveled basketball, picked up. So I stopped playing uh, So now baseball. I know why I call you Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why I call you Pedro. You, you was calling it baseball, too. My bad. Now I know. And now it's not racial. Understood. <laughs> um, understood. It's not racial, America. It's not. Don't find him. Um, nah, bro. It was cool. Like, in all honesty, sports are what keep me going. You know, sports are just, that's what energizes me. I was, I was good enough at basketball. I wasn't great. I was really good at track at discus. I was really, it's a technical thing. I was really good at track. Um, but football, I was so raw, I knew I could be good. Ooh. And I was I was never the biggest, never the smartest, but I was like, I'm either going to be the biggest, the fastest, excuse me, or I'll be the smartest. And I was never the biggest or the fastest, but I was like, okay, people don't realize, and y'all get this, man, sports, you got to be smart. It's 90% yeah, You got to be high, yeah. 90% like, people don't, you have about 90 plays on a football field. During a game, you take about 30 of them in, and adjustments based on a receiver motioning and moving, especially as a middle linebacker, right. you have to be brilliant. 
like people don't get it. People don't respect athletes intellectual and intellectually enough. You got to be brilliant. Um, so that was that was the experience, man. Playing football in Texas, uh, was there any chance that you would go somewhere else for college? No, not bro, not a chance, bro. No, never, never, never. Texas, we were nice, but bro, remember we had Vince Young was 05. Ooh, yeah. I went to Texas in 08. So there was no, no. I mean, you go, you you play football in Texas to go to Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you, you don't even fix your lips to think about going. And I'm not even one of those like crazy diehard alums. I'm just like, no, Texas. That's is, what it is. is. Texas. That was the standard. Like it's, it's, it was a standard. Talk bro. to us about that experience actually being a Longhorn, though. First two years went crazy. We was 24 and one the first two years. Mm. Bro, I didn't lose a game. Who's your quarterback? Cole then? McCoy. Cole McCoy. Cole McCoy, two-time okay. Heisman finalist, winning his college football quarterback when he retired when he left college. We went, we went, un, we lost one game my first year, and then we ran the table my second year till we got to the national championship and lost to Bama. Funny enough, we were Bama's beginning of their streak. Right. Bama beat us in the national championship. Mark Ingram, Julio Jones, mm-hmm. and they go on to win seven of the last God knows how many. But um, bro, when you're winning at Texas, nothing like it, huh? I mean, bro. Woo. Don't get me started. Ain't nothing like it. <laughs> nothing like it, man. So what, what, talk to me about this, though, on some other shit. Being in such a strict household and then kind of gaining some sort of freedom and, and you're a young man in Texas now, you're on a winning football team. What's that like to you? Because you were so confined in one space and now you're somewhat free and you're on top of the world. Man, that's good, bro. They say when you go to college, at least when you go to Austin 6th Street, it's going to make or break you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you now you're away from home, it's either going to make or break you. Um, I don't think it broke me. You know, it was cool being away from home. The thing about it, though, I had my big brother there. He's okay. one year older than me. Mm-hmm. And so I think he made all the mistakes for me. Mm-hmm. And he knew just how far I could go before reeling me back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big thing was just like, don't make the pivotal mistake. You know, have fun, live your best life. But Keep your grades up. Don't get suspended. Don't do nothing wild. And like, for really, if you, if you Nigerian, it's like don't embarrass your last name, Ooh, right? There's yeah. a saying y'all probably heard with Nigerians: "Naija no de carry last." Naija no de carry last. Nigerians don't carry last. It's like, don't, you can't finish in last. And all that is in kind of Nigerian culture is like you got to be the best. Right. And so, I didn't really have that luxury of just doing whatever because it's like you got to be the best at whatever you do plus my freaking brother was there he was a genius he was an academic all-american he was an athletic all-american bro playing basketball it's the worst thing ever happened to me every time i would get the ball and dribble i would just hear shadow shadow because they were like you're living in your brother's shadow so i was like oh god um so yeah that was that was college man college. what's your most memorable moment on the field that's a question that's a question Golly, that's a question. <laughs> um, my senior year at Missouri, this is how I ended up a, a, a third-team All-American. Senior at Missouri, um, their field was terrible, bro. Our captain running back tore his MCL, ACL, PCL earlier in the game. Star linebacker next to me, Keenan Robinson, he got drafted to Washington in the fourth round. He broke his thumb. And he broke his thumb, but it broke out of the glove. Like mm. the, 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 the thumb was no longer in the glove. And that's my dog. Like Keenan was my dog. I was in his wedding and all that. So star linebacker tears his whole knee up. Keenan's thumb is out of his glove. He runs off the field 
during the play. He's like, ref, ref, my thumb, my thumb. He runs off the field during the play. I sit there. The ref doesn't stop the game. Um, they throw a now screen. I run over to the now screen. I force a fumble. I see my team recover. I don't even wait for the ref to signal recovery, and I just run off to the sideline to check on my dog. That was the most memorable. It was like, <laughs> he got hurt. Ref didn't stop the play. They throw a bubble. I force a fumble. Don't even care about the ball. I see my other little young bro recover it, and I just run like, hey, what happened to Keenan? Mm. Um, that was... That was wild. Mm, yeah. yeah, that was that was most wild. valuable takeaway from your four years as a Longhorn. Most valuable takeaway. Um, you have to be consistently good to be great. Mm. You got to be consistently good to be. Everybody wants to be great, but what's being great look like? Being right. great looks like being consistently good. Dedication. You turn on a you turn on a tube every day, and if you watch speak for yourself, like, oh, he's good. Then the next day, oh, he's good. The next day, oh, he's kind of good. The next day, oh, he's kind of good. All of a sudden, it's like, you know what? Guys might be great. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be consistently good to be great. Stack, when I was playing ball, I knew the normal plays would come to me, but I would try to find one to two highlight plays a game, right? If they line up in a certain offset formation, I know exactly what they're going to do. I'm going to go make the big Blow play, tackle for loss, sack, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and now I take the same thing on TV. Right. Every block, every conversation, I know is going to be all right, but you got to find the one quotable sound bite mm -hmm. that makes somebody, like you said, stop twice and say, hey, y'all make sure y'all run that back. Mm -hmm. um, you got to be consistently good to be great. You said something off off camera, now since you talked about, you know, kind of finding your magic um, in this space now that I thought was really interesting because, you know, although, you know, our job is to talk sports for the most part, not everyone is interested in sports. So you yeah. try to find, well, explain, I don't want to take your words from you, but explain that. Yeah, man. Not everybody cares about sports, but everybody cares about life. And so I really just use sports as a masquerade to get to the root of life because everybody wants to talk life. Everybody had an opinion about Shakari Richardson. Nobody knew who Shakari Richardson was before three weeks ago. Right. I did because right. I watched sports and I walked track, watched track. But now everybody ride for Shakari. I'm like, what college she go to, y'all, since y'all ride for her so hard? Right. But everybody cares about life because the marijuana issue is a life issue. Naomi Osaka, not everybody knows who Naomi is, but everybody has mental health issues or has somebody who has one. And we all to a degree do, right? right? Like we all Absolutely. can work on our mental health. So sports to me is just a, it's a, an, an avenue to get to life the because vehicle. life is a vehicle. There mm -hmm. it is. It's a vehicle to get to life. Everybody cares about life. Not everybody cares about your favorite team. Mm, you know I what like I'm saying? that. I like that. So drafted uh, sixth round in 2012. And I, obviously I caught what you said earlier in the interview, it was calculated. You had kind of taken your calculations and understand who you were as a football player. You have that four-year run, three-year, yep. four-year four run, um, and was ready for what was next. But in that four-year run, what stood out to you the most? Bro, when I got traded. Because when you get traded, you, you just think that's a video game. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you trade people on video game, not a big deal. I, um, I'm in Cleveland my first year. They drafted me. And I get uh, the athletic trainer comes in, and he gives me, like, the handshake pat on the back hell like the it's been nice knowing you y'all know that one the good old i head to the uh to the general manager head coach's office and they're like hey acho just want to notify you you've been traded to the philadelphia eagles i'm trying to hide my jubilee because i'm like get me the hell out of cleveland like we about to go to philly they got Lashawn mccoy out there mike vick out there like some real stars um craziest thing though 
Like your flights in three hours. I left. <laughs> True story. By True story. the way, bro, when you get traded, y'all, I, I don't know if y'all mm-hmm. was traded yeah. or not. When you get traded, flights in three hours. I went to Philly. I didn't go back to Cleveland for five years. Somebody packed up my stuff. They moved it. I get to Philly. I stay in a hotel, and it's just like you're just goods. You're just packaged goods. So that was probably the craziest and most memorable thing of the four years, man. That was wild. Was did you know that sports media stepping into this space was something you wanted to do or to just kind of fall in your lap? It fell in my lap, man. I do what I'm good at. I tell people I'm like, if I was great at math, I'd be an accountant. You feel me? Like if I was very gracious, I might be a secretary, but I'm a good communicator. Um, and I study it and I work at it and I'm just good at putting words together. It kind of fell in my lap, bro. Even, even uncomfortable conversations. Like y'all realize people move to LA just to create a video in hopes that it goes viral in hopes that Oprah calls them in hopes that they get nominated for an Emmy in hopes that they win. People sell their whole lives and dreams to do that. And I stumbled into it. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I tripped and fell into it. And so... I just do what I'm good at. And like I said, I'm bad at a lot. Like, don't get it twisted. I am bad at a lot. We all um, But I know what I'm good at, and I lean into that. I've tripped and fell into a few things, and my child support bills are crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> You're sick. <laughs> what was it like joining the Longhorn Network as an analyst? It was cool. I had to transition. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to get to, you know, the highest of heights and whatnot. And I knew at the end of the day, sports isn't my end all be all. And I think y'all know that. Like y'all have rapped with me enough on camera, off camera to know that. But Longhorn Network was a vehicle to to be great. Like everybody wants to have success without the process. Everybody does. Everybody. It's crazy how many people just want to have success without the process. Um... But that for me was the process, refining your skills. And now when you're talking in front of millions, I've I've been doing this. So like, I'm humbled because I was given that opportunity and stack, if not for that opportunity, I'm trying to figure out my life after I retire. So it was was dope. So you had, you know, pit stops with ESPN, Dallas Cowboys, the the network we talked about, June 2020. Um, You announced you're leaving ESPN to join Fox. How did that happen? Man, how did that happen? Honestly, Honestly, if I'll be real, and I'll be real, salt the smoke, y'all get the real. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told my name's not big enough. That's what I was told. I uh, in the ESPN circles. Yeah, by by by. I was told your name's not big enough. I want I wanted to move from where I was. I wanted to move to higher uh, to higher programming, and um, I, I talked to an exec there, and they were like essentially people watch this certain show for big names, and your name's not big enough. And then five months later, my name was like the biggest in sports. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So, bro, I'm so petty too. Oh, I'm the pettiest. Come on, man. So, bro. I know. When, uh, the pettiest. Um, now, mind you, all like the people that worked at ESPN were great, good to me. Like they mm-hmm. were good to your boy. And in all honesty, the person who told me my name's not big enough, I low-key respect them because they were just transparent. They were like, hey, it's no shade. It's just, you're not a gold jacket guy. And we need gold jacket guys more than anything. So I was like, it's all love. But when I left... I left with a, a rap video thanking everybody at ESPN. Um, and I did it in this like high quality studio production. And it was like a 50 second video changing outfits. And it was just like, it was uh, trash. that's fire. Got a million views and I ain't even had no followers. Um, <laughs> and so like I left rapping, thanking them because I had to leave with class. Right. Um, and yeah, ESPN was good to me, man. And it, it gave me my start. 
Um, but that's really Fox is dope, dope. I got a billboard. Yeah. Who am I with a billboard? Right. And I actually look good on it. It's crazy. I don't know how it happened. Stumbled into a good looking photo shoot. <laughs> um, but yo, I got a billboard. Like Fox is dope. Speak for yourself. What's that been like? It's challenging. Cause Stack be on a joint. He knows. Like uh, I be up there arguing with Marcellus every day. Um, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> it's been cool. Marcellus, my my big bro, my co-host. Um, he's older than me. The hardest part of speak for yourself is trying to keep up with the movie references. Cause I was born in '90, and Marcellus. First off, he was quoting like Raw and Delirious. Eddie Murphy never saw him. Mm-mm. I had to watch him in the middle of in the middle of the season because he's quoting Eddie Murphy. I was like, I, I know Eddie Murphy from like the Nutty Professor. I'm like, I, 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 like he was wait, he was a comedian. The classics, um, the raw, real talk. Denzel yeah. will like quote all these old school songs I ain't never heard of. But speak is dope, um, especially when we bring on cats like Stack. Biggest thing, the biggest compliment Stack pays and cats pay is y'all make me laugh doing the show. Because mm. you can go on other shows and it's buttoned up and it's corny, doing this. stiff, St- the stiffest. But like when you come on speak. You finna talk to one of the guys. You just yeah, like yeah. you back in the locker room. Yes. But we gonna get the real out of you. Like I don't want to hear like, well, you know, when I watch Steph Curry play, it's just very enlightening because right. you know he's just such a. St- no, 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 no. When you come on a show, I want the real stat right. that the world sees. Mm-hmm. Just without the curse words, we can pay the bills. Right. Mm-hmm. But outside <laughs> <Facts>. that, you <laughs> uh, don't yeah. cuss that much no more though. I ain't heard him cuss in a minute, to be honest I've, with you. I've, I've been toning it down. You put the weed down and the cuss words down. Hey. My brother. You say you're a changed man. Good friend. Yes. Better you than me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Somebody had to do it. Somebody yeah. had to do it. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, uh, tell us, obviously you told us how Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man came about, but tell us what the show is. Man, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, it is just a, the biggest disconnect in our society, I think, between black and non-black people or white people. Communication, bruh. Mm. So let's let's go back to high school, Matt. Let's go back to high school, Stack. Remember when you had to take a foreign language, your Spanish teacher, they would tell you, if you want to be fluent in a language, you have to immerse yourself in a culture. See, si. Real talk. Uh, my name was Manuelito um, in Spanish class. Esteban. <laughs> yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, hola, Esteban. Como esta? Muy bien, gracias. You used to it? Muy bien. Puedo ir al baño. ¿Dónde está mi carro? I do, do got to pee a little bit, but I, go ahead. I took my eight years. Y'all not going to play me. Um, anyway, bro, I was immersed in white culture in high school. I was immersed in black culture Ooh. in college and, in, and later on in high school and in the league. So I realized there's a communication barrier. Huge gap. So all uncomfortable conversations is, with a black man is, I'm going to answer the questions that white people are either too scared to ask, A, or B, don't have a black friend to ask, too. Mm. So the first episode I answered, why can black people say the N-word, but white people can't? Mm. Why are black people rioting? What is white privilege? But what about black-on-black crime in Chicago? Because I know white people have those questions, generally speaking, because I was in those white spaces. Right. But they're not going to go ask Stack. Hey, man, how come y'all can say the N-word, but we can't? Right. They ain't going to do that if they know Stack at all. They're not right. going to go ask mm-hmm. Matt, okay, but why are y'all rioting? So it's like, you know what? Let me preemptively answer those questions. Every episode after that touches a different issue interracially. Like I talked to a, a couple, white man, black woman, black man, white woman, same episode. Because there are different racial stereotypes. Man, you what? see a black man with a white woman... You know, it's, it's a little more socially acceptable than if you see a black, black woman, with a, woman with a white man. Yep. You see a black woman with a white man, you're kind of like, hmm? What's going <laughs> on, on there? This. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I just tried to t- I touched, talk to a commissioner of the NFL about Colin Kaepernick. Like, here's the other thing, man, and this is my approach, bro. Everybody has different approaches for everything. I would rather be like a covert operative. Let me change something from the inside out, right. like a CIA agent. 
You feel me? Go to a foreign country, mix and mingle, and then change things. I want an apology to Kaepernick. You can tweet it all day. It's probably best you sit down with the commissioner of the NFL. Mm -hmm. That's why people knock my approach because they get mad at me for like being too nice to white people and being too friendly. I'm like, if you want to change something, you got to speak to minds. You got to speak to hearts. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. See, that's, yeah. it's crazy because similar, me being biracial, but when I first grew up, I was around nothing but black, Mexican, Asian. And when I moved to Sacramento, although I'm half Italian, that was the first time I was ever around white kids. Mm -hmm. And my parents always had the wherewithal to put me into white schools, and I hated it, but I didn't understand it mm -hmm. until I got older. And now I can comfortably move in cold conversations in several different rooms because of that. That's the secret. That's un until, again, now having a conversation with black people about things, until... You know, we continue to evolve as a society where our black brothers and sisters are really in hiring and firing power and positions in society kind of incubated in and of itself. You better learn how to navigate and communicate right. with everybody. You better learn it. Like yep. the secret, Matt, is like you said, you can be in, navigate in these spaces and you can go navigate in these other spaces. That's the secret. Like yep. the biggest thing I got from private school wasn't my education. It was being able to be around billionaire white people and not feel lesser than. Mm. Hold everybody accountable. Mm. That's it. Yeah. What's it like being cool with Oprah? <laughs> Yo, it's wild. And the crazy thing is, like, whenever I talk to Oprah, she just be trying to talk. I called Oprah one day before talking to the commissioner of the NFL, and I'm sitting at my house. Did she actually answer the first time you called to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, y'all are, are real cool. I've missed more of Oprah's calls than she's missed of mine. Wow, that's uh, dope. It's, it's, it's crazy. But she just, we talked for like 47 minutes, and she'll just start talking and just start going. And I don't like taking people's times, mm -hmm. especially important people, because I know how valuable my time is. Right. So like when I'm talking to Oprah... I'll just let her go. And I'm like, I'll be trying to get off the phone, but she'll just have another gem for me. When I first met her, <laughs> I emailed her and I said, hey, what do you want me to call you? Your honor, your majesty, oh, Oprah. And she was like, call me Oprah. Um, because if you don't know what to call somebody, you don't really know them. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Um, like if people come up to you and call you like Mr. Jackson, you're like, huh? call I you Steve. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. Do not call me. You know what I'm saying? So Umar. that's, um, it's crazy, bro. Also, like Oprah's the greatest that ever did it. Like, Oprah's the Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and also, black woman who's a billionaire. Like, and everything, and everyone Oprah touches turns to gold. You know what I mean? Whether Rachel Ray, whether Dr. Phil, whether Dr. Ross, to a degree, like, occupationally. This nigga's crazy. <laughs> see, see, I'm not going to play with you. I'm not going to play with you, Stan. This crazy. You're not going to get me in trouble. Okay? You're not going to mess up my coins. Um, so, uh, now, Oprah's incredible. I don't blow her up often, but when I when I need her, I'll reach out. And just, what's, what's one gym you, you don't mind sharing with us that she said that kind of really opened your eyes? Sir, there's several. The only question you should ask everyone first what is your intention mm. when i sat in this chair the really the first thing y'all should have asked let oprah tell you is emmanuel what's your intention for this conversation because when you know somebody's intention you can help guide the conversation right. when i sat down to host the bachelor after the final rose i said hey what's your intention i talked to uh, the first black bachelor before we went out there hey what's your intention I need to know your intention. The other thing that's just interesting, and this will probably help y'all sometime down the line, Oprah was telling me um, this person came on her show trying to sell a book. And the, because they were trying to sell this book, every 10 seconds they would bring up the book. Yeah, Oprah, thanks for asking me about life, but I'm writing this book. Yeah, no, Oprah, I really think political landscape is great, but my book. Right. So after that, she was like, every guest that would come on trying to sell something, she said, I'll sell the book. 
You don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I have the book. Let's I'll show the book. I'll da da da. You don't worry about selling the book. I will do that. Mm-hmm. Let's have a conversation. Right. Um, the other thing, man. In all honesty, I people just tell me. Okay, here's. I'll tell you my only my greatest Oprah story. After I did my app, uh, Oprah and I did a uh, some show together. Uh, the Oprah Conversation we made uncomfortable conversations for Apple TV. She calls me as soon as it's done. It's an hour-long conversation. I missed a phone call. How do we miss Oprah's call? She calls me again. I pick up. She says, you have the thing, my friend. You have the thing. And coming from someone who had the thing and has the thing, you, my friend, you, you have the thing. And I was like, yo. That's crazy. It's wild, but I got to figure out what the thing is. Right. I'm like, I don't know. What, 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 somebody tell me, what is the thing? Um, and she said, you have the ability to tell people about themselves, but they want to hear more as you mm. do it. And I think that was kind of Oprah's trick. Mm-hmm. Oprah had an ability to make everyone just kind of feel safe and comfortable. Now, I still got to sharpen my sword, sharpen right. my tools. When I when I did The Bachelor, I, I, I ran out of tools during a moment. So I still got to refine those. But like, Oprah's just, she's a genius. That's dope. She's a genius. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Was it a perfect time for a black bachelor? This leads to another conversation that I don't know if we'll have. But um, (laughs) realistically, remember, they had the black bachelor probably in response to society. It's called mm. spade a spade. Mm. Matt James had That's never. That's why I asked. We can have this conversation. We can online. have this conversation offline. We can have it online. We can have it wherever. Yeah. Um, Matt James hadn't been associated with the franchise, the first Black Bachelor. Right. So how you have the first lead of a show ever that hasn't been associated with the franchise? 
But I think it was probably just like a, 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 a rash decision. Yeah. Understandably so. A lot of people made rash decisions in response to the murder of George Floyd. Yeah. But um, I don't think it was fully thought through. Right. And obviously we saw what happened as a result. Mm, 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 mm. Favorite NBA teams or players to watch? Man, come on, man. Don't get him started. I can answer that for him. Which one? Giannis? Greek freak. Okay, first off, he's not Greek. Okay, first off. That's what, that's what they call that's him. That's what they call him because they can't say his last name. Okay. Uh, or his middle name. <laughs> Giannis Ugo Adetokumbo. Okay, so okay. Giannis is truly birth certificate Nigerian. Nigerian. Yep. He moves to Greece. They right. have to change his name to Greekify it. Right. Now, we don't like pronouncing long last names, as we've noticed on air recently. And as a result, <laughs> um, as, as a result, we just call him the Greek freak. Uh, nah, I, honestly, LeBron James, Steph Curry. But, but bump all that. I love excellence. I love watching excellence. Anybody who's excellent at anything. One of the dopest con concerts I ever went to, two of them. Uh, a Taylor Swift concert, wild. Cut it out. Bruh, let me tell you. No. And a Kevin Hart comedian show. Let me tell you why. I walk into the Taylor Swift concert. I'm not even a Taylor Swift fan, but I'm just like, how the hell does the whole world love this woman mm. who's, I mean, I'm not going to speak on her attraction level, but who's just right. like, seems very normal. Right. Sings very normal. How the heck does everybody love her? I got to find out, Stat. I'm, I'm trying to figure out her secret. I walk in, they hand everybody a wristband. She's in a, a Philadelphia stadium because she grew up in Reading, Pennsylvania, right outside the PA. They hand everybody a wristband. As soon as she, she's doing her whole set, as soon as she starts singing Bad Blood, the song with Kendrick Lamar, whole stadium lights up red and white. Because the wristbands were coordinated to the set. So now when I go on air, if I know it's going to be a serious show, my outfit is coordinated to my mantra, my mm -hmm. persona. If I know it's going to be a loose show, I'll go on with glasses and a vest and a tie not tied all the way up because everything has to communicate mm -hmm. together. So I didn't go to a Taylor jail, Swift concert huh? just to listen to Taylor Swift. But what can I learn from her? Because mm -hmm. she's clearly her, excellent. Her greatness. Yep. She's clearly excellent. Kevin Hart. People say he's not funny anymore. You know, you can have that conversation but he's clearly excellent. Yeah. So what can I learn from somebody excellent? So as it pertains to basketball, LeBron, because he's excellent. Right. Steph, because he's excellent. I just love watching excellence. Thoughts on this year's playoffs? Man, look, bro. First and foremost, this year was, and this year was affected drastically because of last year. Because the season was so short, Right. Never in NBA history have four teams who went to the finals a year before returned and been this low of a seed. Right. When the four teams who go to the finals return the next year, on average, Matt, they are a two seed, really a 2.7. So we can round down to a three seed. This year, on average, they were a six seed. It's not coincidence. Cass is tired. But Cass is hurt. You know what I'm saying? When you see Kawhi get hurt off a minimal contact injury, when you see uh, uh, Harden with his hamstrings again, when you see Jamal Murray off a no contact injury, Cass is hurt. And so I like, I just told you I like watching excellence. I want to see everybody at their best. We didn't get to see that this year. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, are the two teams that are in the NBA Finals the best two teams or... Were they just the healthiest two teams? Mm -hmm. You feel me? Because I want to see the best. No indictment on them. Shout out to the Suns. Shout out to the Bucks. But, like, did we really get to see the best this year? Mm. I'm well, not convinced. They, the, Milwaukee was that close from having their star injury, but he just built different. Fact. <laughs> I know they carry last. Yeah. I told you now. He just be he just build different, bro. There's not too many people that can have a hyperextended knee Especially and come back like and look his better. Shit hyperextended too. That's right. just scary. I thought I he told, was done. No, look, y'all don't remember in X Men. 
They went to Nigeria and they went and found antimantium. Oh antimantium. my god! Uh, you saying, oh my god? How you think it came back in a week, Stat? Huh? Oh, that, oh, How you, you think it came back in a week? How you think it came back in a week? He went got some. And he got hurt in Atlanta. Atlanta has direct flights on Delta straight to Lagos. <laughs> yeah. True story. Straight to Lagos. Direct flight. I'm taking it. I take it every summer. They got direct flights from Atlanta to Lagos. We didn't hear from Giannis for a day. Where do you think he went? Mm. So why why does Giannis play on a Nigerian team? Mm-mm. Um, I mean, he probably won't. Branding, he'll probably play. Where did, where, where did he play in the past, though? Where did he play? Greece? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. You know, but he's confused. He's confused. <laughs> he's 26. He's what people say I'm young. He's younger. He's confused. You know, he's trying to Greece. figure out his life. Yeah. You know, they called him the Greek freak. Like when people called me Manny, I was confused. I was like, man, that's not really my name. But as I got later in life and matured, I understood, you know, who I really am. That's where Giannis is. He's trying to figure out who he really is. He'll come back home. It's funny to say. <laughs> I'll come back home. Because white people used to call me Maddie. I'm like, Maddie. What the fuck is that? <laughs> right. That's funny you say that shit. All right, quick hitters, man. First thing to come to mind, let us know. Best football player you ever played against? LaShawn McCoy. Ooh. Mm, he juked the shit out you. Right. Huh? He called him cut on a dime for a reason. <laughs> LaShawn McCoy. Prime mm. LaShawn McCoy. Mm, he was scary. Went crazy. He did you bad? I would guess. I'm not athletic enough to keep up, so I would guess. But think about Shady. As you remember, I told you I was smart. If Shady went up and gave you an outside move first, he was going to go outside. Right. He comes up and he squares you up, he's going inside. So I would just study the hell out of Shady and I would guess every time. And got it. And got it. Yeah. He said I could cover him best. I was just guessing. I just found out the tell and cheated. Nice. Five favorite artists. Musical? Mm-hmm. Yep. John Legend. Um, I'm a gospel cat, so Kirk Franklin. Um, Little Wayne. Um, Kanye, prime, con, pre, you know, oh, yeah. early, you know Kanye. early Kanye. Yeah. Yeah. Be so hard yeah, yeah, yeah. That early Kanye. Kanye. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's my favorite too. Yeah, Ooh. early Kanye. Not masked up Kanye. Another Kanye. Early Kanye, and lastly, because I'm an R&B guy, I'm a true lover at heart. I'm gonna say, uh, can boys to men count? Absolutely. Yes, of course. Boys Great to artists. Oh, Shout out boys to men. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Top five most inspired. Uh, most important sports moments to you? Top five most important sports moments. Um, okay, let's start historically. Let's go Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Let's get that out the way. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like what that meant for the game of baseball, integration of the game of baseball. Um, let's go with, okay, that's one. Let's go with uh, LeBron James coming back from down 3-1. A lot of people use that. Yeah, let's go there. Um, okay, see, now I feel bad. You said a lot of people use that. I don't like to be like a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Now I got to go obscure. Now mm-hmm. you just challenged me. Yeah, turn up, turn <laughs> up, turn up, turn up, turn up. Um, let's go with, um, greatest, you said, sports moments? Mm-hmm. Let's go with the Thrill in Manila. Ooh, okay. Let's yes. go with the Thrill in Manila. Like yeah. that joint. Ali, boom, by Yeah, age. like, let's go with the Thrill in Manila. Um, let's go with... Tom Brady getting drafted to the Patriots. Mm. Wow. Right? If he doesn't get drafted there, maybe he never becomes Tom Brady. Or Drew Bledsoe never yep. gets hurt. Or Bledsoe never gets hurt. Mm. And let's go with, since we're talking about greatest, let's go with the Bulls hiring Phil Jackson. Because mm. I, like I think the if, approaches the, Bulls, you take. if yeah. the Bulls don't hire Phil Jackson, Jordan is still a great, but Jordan's not Jordan. But like realizing that after Phil Jackson showed up, Jordan never sniffed his points per game average. Y'all realize that, right? Like 37 points per game. triangle to slow him to slow his touches down. Bingo. 37 points per game his third year in the league. 35 points per game the year after that at 24. Clearly Jordan got better. 
but he never touched that many points per game again. He just touched a whole bunch of championships. I always ask people what ha- what would happen if Phil never went with Shaq and Kobe. Bro, what would have happened? Okay, I got to disagree with y'all. Kobe and Shaq and Jordan was going to beat them regardless of if fucking Pee Wee Herman was on the sideline. They, know, but they, would they won champ- No, we're not talking about not, They not don't get the numbers. Do get get their numbers. Do they get championships, chips? Chips, plural. The numbers are, yeah, they're going to get their they're numbers. They're going to get their numbers, great. of course. But I don't know if they get chips. Plural. S's, plural. Okay. What else is interesting, if Jordan don't go play baseball, y'all think he wins eight straight? Mm, no, I think so much luck goes into that kind of shit. Health, getting along, chemistry. There's a lot that goes into Only one Jordan. I don't Fuck doubt that. There's only one Jordan. I don't doubt that. So but I'm going tell him what he could do But alone. I'm just saying a lot goes into... You know what else is wild? You got to have luck to win the championship. I give you that. Some, somewhere. Bruh, who don't get enough credit is Phil. Because right. you win three, Jordan leaves, you win three, Spurs win one, then you win three again. Yeah. Like, we don't talk about that on any show enough. Phil's got to come. Phil, you got to come smoke a joint with us. I know you've seen some of this shit. Jeannie probably told you to come mess with us. Phil, you got to come mess with us, man. Yeah, and I want to know why you don't want to shake my hand after we beat y'all. <laughs> <laughs> one so message. One message. scared them off, Steph. Yeah, I'm just saying. I just want to know. <laughs> one message you'll put on the billboard for the world to see. Mm. Bro, you're asking a man who lives by quotes to give you one mm-hmm. quote. And a man that's got a billboard right now cheesing. <laughs> One message. Um, the reason most people fail is because they give up what they want most for what they want now. Mm. The reason most people fail is because they give up what they want most for what they want now. If that was one message, it'd probably be that. Like, people don't fail because they're not talented or skilled or whatever. It's like you give up what you want most for what you want now. I think the other thing is, and I, this is an Einstein quote, but everybody's a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it too will live its whole life believing it's an idiot. Mm. That's what my mama told me as a youngster. Nothing beats a failure but a try. And lick mm. your lips. Um, <laughs> this is off script, but like I said, I just, I know why I'm doing this podcast, why I'm doing ESPN, why I'm doing Complex, what my ultimate goal is. What are you, all the stuff you're doing now, what's your ultimate goal in this space? I don't believe in goals. I believe in objective without limitations. Okay, well, where are you going from this? Um, this guy here, dog. Stack, it's here the thing, bro. Here the thing. If you set a goal, at best you'll reach the goal. And at worst, you'll ruin your self-esteem and self-efficacy if you don't reach the goal. My senior year, I put a, a piece of paper above my bed. I looked at it every day before I went to sleep and every morning when I woke up because I, I wanted to go pro my junior year. Sheet of paper from the NFL that says you will not be drafted in the first three rounds. So I was like, like hell I won't. Put that sheet of paper up there. After my senior year, your boy going to go drafted first three rounds. I get to the combine and tear my quad. I get drafted in the sixth round. My brother was pick 104. I knew I needed to be pick 103. I, get, I end up being pick 204. At that point in time, I said, I'm done with goal setting. So I'm done with it. Um, so what is my objective? I want to be the greatest person the industry has ever seen. I mm. want to be the greatest creative the industry has ever seen. But the beauty of that is objective, which means it's subjective. It's not objective. Right. Because who you to say is the greatest? You say Pac's the greatest rapper. He might disagree. So I, I my, wouldn't agree on, disagree on that, but go ahead. But, but, so you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, but it's like, I, I don't want anything finite. I want to be, when you think about the greatest television personality, mm-hmm. I want you to at least have to mention my name. Right. And is it just strictly sports? Or are you trying to transition more into life as we talked life, about earlier? And we, um, we pass, well, we haven't passed sports. Fox. We're here right now. I still. love sports. Right, exactly. I love it. Yes, I do. Right. Um, but like, I remember I won the sports semi, but I'm probably more happy just to be nominated for the primetime. Mm. Because it's one thing to be good at sports, but it's another thing to go into another field 
and be good there. But that's what I say. I, 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 basketball was great, won a championship and all that. But what I'm doing now, it means way more than any, any basketball, any shot I've ever shot. Facts. And like the dopest thing when people come up to me and say like, oh my God, or like my, when I get introduced to do something, like author Emmanuel Acho. I used to be NFL player. Man. But now it's that off. New title, right? You know what I'm saying? That's deep. Dope. Um, like that's really when that's it hits. That evolution. Like, yeah, that next step. It's the growth. All right, back on track. Five dinner guests, dead or alive. This is going to be interesting. Five dinner guests, dead or alive. And they can't, please don't let them all, but they can't all be Nigerian. No, 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 no. <laughs> Bro, see, if they all Nigerian, I'd have to eat fufu, gari, goat yeah. meat, yeah. Uh, pounded yam. Yeah. No, I, don't want, I want steak and yeah. lobster. Um, five dinner guests, dead or alive. Uh, can I get comfortable? Come on, oh, you I don't know if I'm shot. You I don't been know if I'm shot. Hey, Snoop laid on that motherfucking couch the whole interview and looked back at us like this. Bet. <laughs> as long as, bro, as long as you don't clown this ripping my jeans. Yeah, High key, the, it wasn't supposed to rip this much. I just, you it's all good. You know, my quads. I squat a lot. Um, okay, five dinner guests, dead or alive. One, let's go with MLK. Nice. MLK has to be there. Uh I'm a I'm a I'm a biblical man, but I'm not gonna go Jesus because that's a cop out. So I'm gonna go with Paul. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. Um, so I'm gonna go with him. Um, I'm going to go with Albert Einstein. I gotta mm. learn something. Somebody mm, teach mm, me mm, something. Mm. I'm gonna go with Einstein. That makes three. Um, five. Oh, easy. Uh, Will Smith. And um, Jamie Foxx. Mm. You want to laugh? You definitely want to laugh. I want to learn. I think the, the 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 most. I think Jamie Foxx, Kirk Franklin are the two most. Those who I pattern my life out of. Oh. Bro, Jamie Foxx is. You think I have quotes? Jamie Foxx said this. I watched this interview. He said he was playing a piano with Ray Charles one time, playing a piano with Ray Charles one time, and he hits the wrong key. Ray Charles like, oh, what, what, what would you do that for, right? Mm -hmm. And and Jamie's like, my bad, Ray. I was just vibing. I was just in the mood. And Ray Charles said to Jamie Foxx. All the keys are underneath your fingers. Take the time to play the right note. Mm. He told us that story on the, on the show, I think. All the keys mm -hmm. are take the time. At that point in time, I realized, Stack, every word is in my vernacular. It's in my dick. Just time. take the time say to say the, the right, right motherfucking one. Word. Every, like, all the, all the keys are underneath. Just take. So now when I go on air and I'm about to say something, I'm always like, take the time to say the right mm. word. Because you have it. People just rush through it. People mm -hmm. rush through life. Take the time to respond to the person properly. Take the time to use the exact right word. Because all the keys are underneath your fingers. People don't take the time. And so that's just, that's how I live my life. It's like, take the time to say, to play the right note. Mm. Last question. Who do you want to see on All the Smoke? And you have to help us with your answer. You have to help us get the, your answer on the show. Um, who do I want to see on All the Smoke? Um, well, we just saw Joy Taylor on All the Smoke. We yep. did. So, you know, I would have been great to see her. We did see her. So, I think I did my job. Then, guys. <laughs> uh, no? Okay, Stack's looking nope, at me like I did. that's not it. You're not getting away with that one, bro. Um, who do I want to see on All the Smoke? Okay. I got a couple people I got to see. Um, I want to see Cell because I want to see Matt and Cell go at it. Um, that would be phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, I know they get it. I don't know y'all have beef, mm -mm. but y'all have disagreements. Yeah. Y'all have respectful disagreements. Yeah. Oh, when I, when I went on the show. That's what I was so The most uncomfortable I've ever been on television. <laughs> True story. Am I allowed to tell this? Yeah, of course. Bet. Bruh, we on air. Stack comes on. It's the first time Stack didn't come on. Producer came up to me beforehand. I was like, hey, Steven Jackson, you know, think about being on the show, blah, 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 blah. 
I say, yo, I love Stack. I met him. I, I met him at the Super Bowl. We crossed paths yeah. in Miami. I think dapped each other up real yep. quick. But I was like, but um, I think him and my co-host might have an issue. But I'm like, that's fine. Anyway, bruh. So Stack comes on the show. Before we go on air, we it's chill. Stack, what's good, bro? You good, fam? Yeah, how you living? You good? You good? Stack's like, hey, 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 real quick. His voice got deep. You know, when somebody's voice got deep, you start to get scared. Plus, uh, you know, I've seen videos with Stack. So I'm like, oh, is he dangerous? Is he not? <laughs> is he dangerous? You know, I know he's refined, but, you know, I'm not sure how refined is he. You know, I went to private school. So, you know, ah. Um, so Stack's voice gets real deep. Hey, Sal, you know, I seen what you said. You Matt know, told about, me to be about, careful about me, about me, about me, about me and Matt. Marcel's like, what I say? Stack said, you know, you know what you said, man. You know, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm texting the producer like, yo, I, I don't know if this is going to go. It's like, I know what you said. Marcel's like, hey, tell me what I said. I'm like, oh God, no, don't do this. Um, Stack keeps at it. You know, Matt told me, you know, be careful with you. Can't trust you, da, 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 da. Damn, you said can't trust? No. I said, watch out. Well, yeah, something, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Same yeah, yeah. thing, Matt. Uh-huh. So, you know, watch out, da, 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 da. Anyway, it all it's all good, this, that, and the third. They handle it, but um, that happened, Matt, just so you know. Uh, you put me in a very compromising position. All right, so Marcellus Wiley, and the last person I'm going to say, who do I want to see on All the Smoke? Uh, who be talking that real talk? Who be talking that real mm, talk? That's uh, who be talking that real? Who be talking that real, man? Athletes be faking, bro, so I don't even really... Pump faking. Uh, athletes be fake. I don't really know who really be talking that talk like that. Um, Aaron Rodgers would be a good one if y'all could get him to be real. Yep. Aaron Rodgers would be, be a dope. good one. You know what I'm saying? Like he 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 bout it. I love Marcellus, but like we talked about before, like he says stuff sometimes that I don't agree with. But I, I'll text him or we'll DM each other and we'll go back and forth and you know we'll spit our shit. But I, I always got love for Marcellus. But it'll stay there. You know what I mean? It will stay there. It won't get disrespectful like that. Just Bruh, and if if you finna if we about to close, the biggest thing is like everybody can have adult intellectual conversations right. and disagree it. without being disrespectful. Without being disrespectful. That was the thing when. when Stack brought up his thing with Matt uh, with Sal on, on right when it was right before we went live. Yep. It's like if it would have got ugly, we were going on national television. Yep. In, three, stayed, two, one. in three, two, one. Yep. <laughs> it stayed respectful, it stayed fam. Respectful. So like you can disagree and still. Yeah. And that's why I was glad to come up here because I was like, the show's called All the Smoke. I have none of the smoke. <laughs> and I'm about to go sit down. I'm with y'all. I don't have none of smoke no more. I, I'm with you. I got uh, enough smoke for both y'all, so don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> no, but Emmanuel, man, we really appreciate it. I really My feel dog. like this is one of the interviews. Like, I really feel like I learned a My lot brother. today, man. We appreciate thank you for your time and everything you're doing in this space. You know, you're making us look good. You were called an athlete, but now you're the author That's and it. you're an Emmy nominated. You've won Emmy. So, man, we we salute you. We appreciate what you're doing in this space. So, way to man, set the bar, bro. And keep being great. Fellas, keep keeping it real, man. We need y'all. We need the dialogue. Uh, I'm encouraged by it. And I just think there are different ways to speak the same message. Y'all speak at y'all's way. I speak in my way. It's all love. Right. I learned something from you today, though. And what I'm what I'm gonna take away from this interview is, you know what to say, and you got the right words. Just take your time to say what the right mm, word. That I'm, was deep. I'm gonna use that. I like I'm that. I'm gonna use that. Well, that's a wrap. Uh, thank our guest Emmanuel Acho. You can find him on FS1 every day. Right? No every days day. off. Speak every for yourself. Every day. Speak for yourself. Him and Marcellus Wiley. You can catch all the smoke on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. See y'all next week. Peace. This is All a Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.